what's going on? Happy Monday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. And right off the bat from Reds PR, on late on Sunday night, the Reds have landed safely in California prior to their series on Monday night against the Angels. We're unsure if Hurricane Hillary is going to impact the Reds series against the Angels or not, but we'll talk more about that series later on. Coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler discuss Sunday's Reds game. I'll recap all the Reds minor league action and then preview, as mentioned, the Reds series against the Angels. But first, here's what happened at Great American Ballpark on Sunday afternoon. It was the series finale against the Toronto Blue Jays, the rubber match, and it was a rough start back for Hunter Green. He gave up a career-high nine runs. He gave up five home runs. He's only given up more than three home runs one other time in his entire career. The defense didn't help out Green at all, especially early in this game. Matt McClain made a very uncharacteristic error, um, and Noel V. Marte, in his first career start, also had a throwing error. The one good defensive play behind Hunter Green was a great catch by Stuart Fairchild as he crashed into the wall, and that actually resulted him going into concussion protocol. More on that later on. The Blue Jays' defense wasn't great either. They made two errors and gifted the Reds two runs. But Hinchin Ryu was great. He didn't allow an earned run and only had one walk and seven strikeouts over five innings pitched. One bright spot in this game, Tyler Stevenson did hit a solo home run off the bench in the seventh inning. It was a bomb too. 104.3 off the bat, 411 feet. Novi Marte also got his first big league hit in the ninth inning, but the Reds fall 10-3 in a beatdown by the Toronto Blue Jays. Reds fall to 64-61 and on the season. The Brewers won on Sunday, so the Reds are now four back in the NL Central, and the Reds' odds of winning the division are down to just 5.2%, according to fan graphs. But there is some good news. The Reds' playoff odds are still... 25% overall. The Cubs did win on Sunday, so the Reds are one game back for the final wild card spot, but they are tied with the Marlins and Diamondbacks. Giants won, so the Giants are a game and a half ahead of the Reds, holding the second wild card spot. The Phillies lost, so they're three and a half ahead of the Reds for the first wild card spot. After the Reds' next series against the Angels, the Reds will play the Diamondbacks. Giants, and then the Cubs. So the Reds absolutely will be controlling their own destiny, at least heading into September. Here's what Hunter Green had to say about his first start back. What would uh, you attribute the troubles you ran into today? Um, I don't know yet. Uh, I haven't fully uh, dissected the game or, or really watched it. Um, obviously, today was frustrating and uh, not what I envisioned coming back. Uh, there were some, some times where I definitely mis-executed. Um, that's the only answer I could really give on, on that front is, is mis-execution. 
could you chalk any of it to, I don't want to say rust, because you obviously had some rehab starts, but it's a different game at the, this level, obviously, that it's just been a while since you pitched a lineup like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to um, use as a, use it as an excuse, but um, I definitely think there's factors in big league games. Um, and you got to understand those factors and know that they're real and that they're there. So um, I'd say so in some cases, but uh, for me, I got to look beyond that and you know just use today as a as a turning point uh, moving forward. How do you feel? I feel great. Body felt great. I mean, I put a lot of work in, and unfortunately, um, the results weren't there. But uh, body wise, good. And here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say. I think we probably need a little bit of time to, to let it uh, um, sink in, maybe take a closer look, watch the video. Um, from where I was, it looked like the stuff was good. I mean, he had a really good fastball. Um, slider, tried to use his change up a little bit. They were just on, they were seeing him good. They were on everything. And, you know, clearly it was not a good day, um, allowing the runs um, from the beginning. So we'll have to take a closer look. but. Uh, Overall, the good news is he seemed healthy. He came out of the game, no injury concerns, and uh, you know if everything else checks out, he got the first one under his belt and uh, should be fine. And, you know, I, I feel like our guys are, are playing hard. They're trying to make plays. They're diving into walls and getting concussions, and um, which unfortunately Stewart does have, so we're going to be without him for some time. So. Um, it's baseball. Um, the main thing I look at and we look at is the effort and uh, the process and their, their ability to work at it and be prepared. And we'll continue to do that. And, um, you, know, you know, playing hard. We've talked about playing hard is the main thing for us. We continue to do that. Things will work out, and we did that today. Uh, and the mistakes, you know, yes, they're part of the game. If they if they happen because of a lack of effort or Something like that, it's a totally different conversation, and that was not the case today. As David Bell mentioned, Stuart Fairchild is in concussion protocol, so the Reds will likely have to make a move prior to Monday night's game. Mike Ciani is on the 40-man roster, and interestingly enough, he was pulled from the Bats game on Sunday, so it seems possible that he could be the replacement for Fairchild. Siani is only hitting 228 with a 698 OPS at AAA this season, but he is an elite defensive center fielder. He has also hit a little better against left-handed pitching. He has a 273 average and 761 OPS. And certainly those are not great for AAA numbers, but with the options the Reds have and with the Reds about to play games at the Angels, Diamondbacks, and Giants, three decent-sized outfields, you could see the logic of going to a more defensive outfielder. All right, here's myself and Trace Fowler trying to make sense of a brutal day for the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. All right, welcome into Chatterbox Reds, a losing edition. They lose 10-3 to to the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays are a good team. We knew that coming into the series, Nick. I thought we had said probably, I think on off the bench, we asked everybody around the room, how many games will the Reds win in this series? And every single person said one. And it just so happens that was the case. And it really, honestly, feels a little more disgusting and gross, probably because we stole the first one, if we're being honest. So 
Nick, I'm not sure how you're feeling. Uh, I know the chat's down, but we're still going to do a show, so we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, I mean, tough series, definitely deflating to uh, you know have Hunter Green come back and struggle as much as he he did. Guy that we we're really banking on. I don't think we need to overreact, but there probably is definitely some caution, especially for the rest of 2023. So, yeah, I mean, disappointing. Uh, had to kind of expect one out of three in this series, hoping for two out of three. We didn't get our hope and keep moving it along. People might, might not want to hear this. I think that there's certain times, and you guys should know me by now. I would like to think if you've watched this show regularly, you're going to know that I'm the person that usually comes in with a uh, with a, an, a a strong opinion on certain things. Today, I I'll be honest with you, I just kind of feel like it was baseball. It was just yeah, it was just it was, it was ugly all the way around. Wasn't a whole lot that was going right. Just one of those days. And I know that sounds cliche. I know you might not want to hear that, but that's how I feel. I think that it was just one of those days, Nick. And uh, unfortunately, in a in a hundred and sixty two game season, you're going to have a few of those. Um. I don't think that this is a resemblance on the true the true identity of this team. Do I think that they're as good as they were earlier this year? No. Do I think they're as bad as they've been the last week and a half? I don't, and they especially weren't as bad as they were today. I think i got to be the positive guy today. I'm reading the chat, and I just think that there's too many people that are pessimistic right now, okay? Let me reel you back in for a second. The Toronto Blue Jays are a good team, yes. Hunter Green hasn't pitched in two months, yes. We'll discuss him in just a second. But to sit here and act like that this team doesn't have a bright future or this franchise doesn't have a bright future or this ownership group doesn't have a chance to make amends and, and get back on track, you're lying to yourself. You're, you're, you're lying to yourself. It's not that bad. I'm not a stand for ownership, guys, but, like, come on. They got some big, big money coming off the books this year. They have an opportunity. They extended Hunter Green. I get you might say that was a mistake, but they did it. They paid some money. Again, I've said this a thousand times. What Phil said is terrible. It's disgusting. But I think if you peel back the onion a little bit, just a little bit, you'll see that I think that there's some frustration there because they actually do want to win. And I do think they're going to spend some money. Kill me in the offseason if I'm wrong. Kill me two years from now if I'm wrong. But they got a, they got a young core of guys that I feel excited about. This team is going to be just fine. Let's not, let's, not, let's not be bad fans. You know what I'm saying? And I know, oh, Trace, don't be a gatekeeper on what's a good fan, a bad fan. I'm just saying at least have a reasonable logic to your take. You know, like yelling and screaming about David Bell when the score is 10 to 3. I mean, come on. I seen in the chat, who would you rather have, David Bell or Aaron Boone? Dude, Aaron Boone, is, is, he, he, he manages the Yankees. The Yankees. They're like three games under 500. What has Aaron Boone ever won? So, again, I'm not even a David Bell, like, you know, like I said before. I, I, I'm I not here to, like, try to say that David Bell is, is, is Sparky Anderson. I'm not saying that. Now, could David Bell be Sparky Anderson if he had Sparky Anderson's lineup? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, see what I'm going with this? You never know. You don't know. You need players. Let's give it a little bit of time before we jump off the deep end. 
Okay? All right. Uh, Hunter Green. He was shelled. Nick, I don't know. I tweeted this out. This is how I feel. I hope you can reel me back in a little bit or like make me feel a little bit better. I'm not sure which angle you're going to take today on this whole Hunter Green thing. I know that the average layman person that 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 is looking at it from a very very quick short term basis is very frustrated by the fact that Hunter Green got absolutely shelled today. It was in general terms maybe the worst start I think if I, if I heard right on the broadcast without a doubt the worst start in his history. But we're getting close to the fact that from a hard-hit ball's perspective, I'd be venture to say that it might have been the worst start since, you know, Great American Ballpark opened, which might sound really ridiculous to say, but purely, I'm talking about purely from getting the balls hit hard off of you, he was getting absolutely shelled. And does that mean Hunter Green's going to be bad in the future? I don't know. But I tweeted this out, Nick. And I, hear what, I want to hear what you have to say. I think it's reasonable to say that Hunter Green... Is coming back from an injury. He hasn't pitched for X amount of months, whatever it's been, two and a half months, whatever the exact number is. I think it's reasonable to say that you shouldn't overreact because of that reason alone. But I also think it's reasonable to say, you know what? This isn't the first time we've watched him go out there and throw 98, 99, 100-mile-an-hour heaters and them get absolutely shelled around the yard. And you're scratching your head thinking, how does a guy that has this much stuff, this good stuff, get hit this hard? It's one thing to just get, you know, maybe a couple bleeders here, a bloop here, and then a home run, and then next thing you know, you're like, wow, they scored five runs off Hunter Green. It's a whole nother thing, in my opinion, to get the ball lit up all the way across the yard like, a, like you know, the, Chris, the Griswold's Christmas tree. I mean, that's, ha that's basically what it looked like. You want to go watch uh, uh, a Christmas vacation? It might make yourself feel a little bit better, but when you see Griswold's house and they light it up, that essentially is what happened to Hunter Green today. All right. That's it. Do you got anything to make me feel better outside of that with Hunter Green? Uh, so worst start of his career, uh, it's either this or he made a start, uh, his fifth career start against the Brewers for two and two-thirds inning, gave up eight earned runs and five home runs. Uh, that was uh, last year. So it's definitely today or that, which really stinks that it was his first start coming back. Um what I would say maybe to make people feel better is remember when Graham Ashcraft got absolutely shelled by the White Sox, uh, just demolished. Uh, it was on a Saturday, uh, not all that long ago uh, when he was in the middle of it. And I, I honestly, I don't even know what Graham Ashcraft really did to turn it around, but somehow he has. So, I mean, that kind of stuff happens. I, I think there's definitely some room for some panic for Hunter Green in 2023 because there's not that much season left to figure it out, right? Uh, I, I'm not concerned at all about Hunter Green and his future. I think he's going to be a great pitcher. Um, I think the question for me is, is Hunter Green going to be, you know, that that 2-3 type pitcher, or is he going to be the number one, you know, Cy Young caliber pitcher? I, I don't know where he's going to fall. But that's where I feel pretty confident with him. I did do a little bit of digging into his start today. Um, he, so he allowed 11 hard hit balls. That is a lot of hard hit balls. The interesting thing, though, Trace, was five of those were against fastball. Six of them were against the slider. So while it, it, I know it felt like at times, man, they're just looking at this the, the fastball and crushing it. They actually had more hard hit balls against the the slider. Didn't have any hard hit balls against the changeup, but he only threw the changeup seven times, and three of those were out of the strike or four of those were out of the strike zone. Um, but this is maybe the one thing that, as just a guy watching that knows absolutely nothing about big league pitching. 25 of the 32 pitches, sliders that Hunter Green threw were for 
were strikes. So maybe the slider, maybe he needs to throw that, waste a few more, right? That's the only thing that kind of stands out to me. That's a, that is a high, high percentage of an, an off-speed pitch to throw for strikes. You know, I don't know, maybe he was trying to be a little bit too aggressive against the Blue Jays. They were able to kind of sit back a little bit more, you know, on, on a slider because that's the pitch they really hit the, the hardest, the most, especially since he threw less sliders than fastballs. It's just frustrating because the offense at this point, today it wouldn't have mattered, but at this point, it's only going to come down to a couple of things. Can some of these guys come back that are injured and be the same player they were before they were injured? And or, and or, can some of these guys start to play the way they were playing earlier this year and or get hot enough towards the end of this year where they can rally a little bit and find a way to win baseball games? I just think that we've gotten to the point now where if you're if you're a fan that's watched this team all year long, every single game, we're getting it's it's catching up to us a little bit. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not trying to be negative, but it's starting to look like we have a lot of rookies and not a lot of veterans, and it's starting to look like we might just be very fragile and not not have a lot of depth. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Reds did face three really good starting pitchers this weekend. I mean, obviously, it's it's more than that because they prior to that they had gotten uh, dominated by some bad pitchers. So I'm not just going to say it's all just facing good pitching, but that certainly didn't help. Uh, and it's not going to get any easier, as we've mentioned. They're going to face a lot of tough pitchers over the next uh, uh, week and a half or so. But yeah, I mean, this is it's just it's not a very long lineup right now. Um, there's too many holes. Um, you hope, hope to God you pray that that Tyler Stevenson hitting a home run today <laughs> could at least. I mean, you need him. I know. I'm him. not laughing you at someone. you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not laughing at your statement. I'm not laughing at your statement. I'm 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 I'm, uh, I'm, I'm buying the I'm buying the prayer that you're sending. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, it's a prayer. It's a prayer. Don't get me wrong. Know, it's a prayer. I know. I know it is. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me. It reminds me of a, of when you got some you got some problem you've been working on for three days with your group project, and you're just you're at your wits end, and some guy you. Some guy or girl across the across the the way looks at you and goes, "Well, have we tried this?" And you're like, "Oh, that's probably not going to work." But well, yeah, <laughs> I'm all what about it. Let's give it a shot. I'm I'm taking it. Don't. I guess I did laugh. I'm not laughing at you, brother. I'm just laughing like, yeah, Tyler Stevenson hitting a home run in a ten to two game or whatever it was. Hopefully, that's what gets him going. I love it. Uh, maybe maybe he'll get on a heater. I hope he does. I hope someone clips up this little segment and then shows his stats in like three weeks and he's like 12 for his last 15 with, with six home runs. It really is amazing. Like like Tyler Stevenson for a catcher, he's got an OPS of 689 and it feels like he's been atrocious all year. Like I'm, I'm with everyone. It, I feel it. Right. But then I look at the number and I'm like, that's not really that terrible for a catcher. If he like, was a good, just, if he was a good defensive yeah. catcher, Nick, I think we would never say anything about Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the that's the downside. It's like he we get frustrated because he's not a great defensive catcher, and we always see the framing results and all this stuff. And and, and you know what's sad about Tyler too? A little bit to be to be on Tyler's team for here for a second. I guess I'm always on Tyler's team, but you know, like I'm gonna try to defend him. Um is like even though even when an umpire misses a pitch that he that that I don't think it's Tyler's fault like on on the edge 
he's gonna get blamed more times than not because it's just like it's like the it's like the uh, the boy who cried wolf a little bit with that whole situation. Yeah. So I don't know. Tyler's damned if he do, damned if he doesn't when he catches. But uh, anyways, yeah, may, maybe it'll get him going, Nick. Maybe it'll get him going. Just have have another option. I mean, he's definitely a guy that is capable of getting hot for a couple weeks, right? Like he's done it before. I, I think, think it's he, in there somewhere. He's been a good hitter before in the big leagues. Like he's been a guy that I thought, you know what, he has good at bats. That I think is the biggest difference, right? I think the biggest di- well, not just the biggest difference of, from production, but the other thing I would say, Nick, is it's 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 almost the appearance of way the way that it's looked as well, right? Like. It's one thing getting out, like those OPS and all the statistics that you're bringing up, they also don't tell the picture of how it looks before the play happens. So like, you know, a a fly out to center field, if you battle and you battle and you battle and on on the sixth or seventh pitch of an at-bat on a 3-2 count, you hit a fly ball to center field and you get out, it looks a lot better than Tyler Stevenson coming up there in one pitch and rolling into a double play. The Shogo Akiyama special. (laughs) Uh, Although, uh, in, in, in fairness, his were at least after four or five pitches usually. Yeah, listen, Shogo, shout out Shogo, man. He got a raw deal. Came over during COVID, never got a chance. It's tough, man. Imagine living in another country with a pandemic going on. Just saying, I'm trying yeah. to defend Shogo a little bit here. The good news is, the one thing I want to mention, I think someone said this in the chat earlier, like, oh, he might not, he still might not be healthy. Listen, Hunter Green, Hunter Green was probably healthy, okay? He just... He just got hit hard today. He wasn't locating his pitches. Maybe it was nerves. Maybe it was just his first time back. That doesn't just because he got hit really, really hard. I don't think it means anything to do with the fact of his health. The Reds were not going to bring Hunter Green back unless they thought he was one hundred percent healthy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he made he made three rehab starts. Like, that's not even counting. Uh, I think he made two appearances in the uh, Arizona Complex League. So he had quite a bit of. Uh, a rehab. They didn't just throw him back out there. Of course, they're not going to. The second thing I want to mention is like they just signed him to an extension, so it's like they're going to make sure that that they're not going to overreact and try to push him back faster than he needs to because they they definitely don't want to re-injure anything and they don't want to they don't want to risk the, the 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 years down the line that they're expecting for him to be good. So the Reds are going to be abundantly cautious when it comes to him. Here's my okay. Can I make one little quick take about Hunter Green really fast? And I want your opinion on this. I think Hunter Hunter Green is like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of guy. Like he can be unbelievably great, but then he can also just be like today. He can get hit really, really hard. I don't know. And again, he's only how old is he, Nick? Twenty one, twenty two years old. Twenty four. Twenty four years old. All right, that's not good. Um, <laughs> it's it's right, still kidding. pretty young though. It, it's, it's 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 not as young as I was hoping you were gonna say. Um, but here's the thing with Hunter Green. Do we trust a guy like him to be like the game game five or game seven starter in a, in an NLCS or World Series? Right now, probably the answer is no. But I guess in general terms, will he ever become that guy? Is the question of the day. I don't know. You know, do we need him to be that? I don't know if we need him to be that either. But he almost seems like a guy that's going to go out and throw unbelievably well or not throw well at all. And maybe that's just short term memory for me. And I've been watching, you know, this just this year. And he's been hurt the past couple of years. That's also a concern. Of all of the guys that, that that we have, the only thing I would say is like, I, I I just don't know if I'm like, oh wow, Hunter Green without question is going to be the best of this group, which is which isn't which isn't so much against Green as it is maybe is me liking other guys that we have. 
Hunter Green it Hunter Green is younger than Andrew Abbott though. Like I I know that's hard to like process. Like he's a younger he's two months younger than Andrew Abbott. So I he's had some really, really good stretches. Uh his last four starts before he got hurt this year were really good. And then the end of last year, man, those last two months last year, he was dominant. So I, I, again, I just I don't know if he's going to have enough time to really flip it around. Who know? I I can see him coming out his next start and absolutely dominating. And maybe it was just the Blue Jays had something on on him tonight, you know. And they were able to really capitalize on his first start coming back. They they picked up on something. Maybe he showed something in those minor league starts that the Blue Jays scouting department picked up. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, he's definitely showed at times. And then you know, I mean, look look at Graham Ashcraft this year. You want to talk about Jekyll and Hyde? I mean, what a just crazy season that he's had. These are all young pitchers trying to figure it out on the fly. And unfortunately for them, they're trying to figure it out on the fly in the middle of a pennant race, which is not fair to them at all. Uh, but that's just the reality of where we're at. Steve says it's fair to question why did they extend him? Well, here's the thing, Steve. Like, I understand that logic because I felt the same way right when it happened. And, like, as soon as I heard the extension, if we're being completely honest, hand up, I wasn't, like, overly excited about it because I was just like, of all the guys, I don't know if, like, I, he's the one guy that I'm super excited about. In fact, to be completely transparent, I and this shows you, I, like, as soon as that happened, I was thinking, man, I love Graham Ashcraft. Now, Graham Ashcraft went through through a really bad stretch. I would have gotten crushed if I came out and said they should have done, they should have extended Ashcraft. Instead, and then he went through his little slump. And they have obviously Ladolo as well, but and I'm hoping I'm relying on Nick here a little bit to to explain the point. But once I dug into the actual financial deal of what it is that we gave Hunter Green, we gave him a little bit of a security blanket of saying, "Hey, you're going to get paid a little bit of money here because you know ultimately you're going to have to go to arbitration, and then you have to you have to wait until you're a free agent to get paid, and then you obviously have to be good enough to get another contract, in which we would, but you'd like to think you would at least. Um, but they're not overly paying. You know what I'm saying? They're not paying an absolute ton of money for Hunter Green in the grand scheme of things. If he's an average pitcher, if he's an average pitcher, that's about what they paid him. In this current financial landscape, too, might remind you, in six years from now, Six years from now, or five years from now, the financial landscape of what a starting pitching, an average starting pitcher might cost, it could be 10, 15 million more than what they're paying Hunter Green now. So again, I don't, I don't hate the extension because let me, let me remind everybody, I don't think this extension from Hunter Green is going to financially handicap the Reds in a way in which they wouldn't be able to go and make other moves. I don't know if that if that is actually what you believe, Nick. Um, I'll let you shine a little bit of light on that and your opinion about the extension, the financial resources that went into it, and your overall thought on that. Yeah, when this uh, deal happened, I, I had a much more educated uh, conversation on it where I wrote down some notes, but I don't have those notes in front of me. Um, but the, the, the grand scheme of it here is so Hunter Green was a – uh, would have been a free agent after the 2027 season. So the salary, how it works out is uh, this year he's making 1.3 million. Next year, 3.3. The next year after that, 6.3. 
2026 is 8.3. That's probably right along where the arbitration would end up over those those years. And then the last year is when he jumps up. The last year, 2027, this would be his last year that he would have been under contract. He's at 15.3 million. But if you just look at Julio Urias, who was in his final year of arbitration, he signed for 14.25 million. So that number, like that's pretty much probably what he was going to get paid. And basically what you did is you got two additional years to 2028, 16.3 million. Good luck finding a free agent pitcher that's worth a damn for 16.3 million for one year. And then 2029 is a team option. So let's say, God forbid, he, he struggles. You only have to pay him $2 billion to say farewell. But again, if he, like Trey said earlier, if he's even, if he's even a slightly below average league pitcher, league average pitcher, that contract is worth it. That's how much it costs for that type of pitcher on the free agent market. Pitching is not cheap. Uh, so again, the contract, he doesn't have to be great for that contract to be a good contract. Um, if he's a decent pitcher, that's going to be a steal for the Reds. Yeah, uh, that's my point. Kent brings up a point, and this is why I'm not that mad. This is actually the why I'm not screaming and yelling today because I think what I watched today is definitely not the team that I've come to know. I'm not going to overreact because I think of something happening and, and, and I seen something happening and, and I actually don't think that it's true. Kent said, and I'm looking for it, that sometimes the chat moves on me when I look back and forth. Kent made a point that was the defense starts with catcher, then second and short, assuming he means middle infield, center field, and our defense stinks. Kent, maybe today that was the case. But overall, our center fielder's been pretty damn good. Ellie De La Cruz is going to be pretty damn good. He might, like I said, he's he's pretty raw. There's some things that I actually, now you might laugh at me, chat, and I know this might actually come off funny, and I'm, I'm assuming that the Reds have good enough people that when they have a little bit of time to work with Ellie, they will help him. There are some things that I think that I genuinely would like to see Ellie do that I think would help make him better. Um... He stands flat-footed when the ball's pitched. That's one thing that just drives me nuts with him. He does not have any creep step or jump. Like, if you've seen tennis players, if you've ever seen a tennis player right before the ball is served, when they're receiving a serve, watch tennis. That's what I would like to see infielders do, is you make a little baby hop. It gives you, it gets yourself on the ball of your feet. It lets you react quicker. Uh, there was a ball hit when, when Ellie was uh, playing in today. He was playing in. And he was shifted over towards third base, and it was the ball that was just barely got past him on the uh, on the second base side near shortstop. And those are small things that I think Ellie will be able to uh, to make himself a little bit better. He's 21 years old; he's going to get better. So he's fantastic. And and, and Matt McClain is the best second baseman the Reds have had since Brandon Phillips. Not even close. So to sit here and think that that part of the diamond is bad is not true. Catcher, I'll give it to you, not great. But point is, they all collectively didn't play well today, but that's not who they are. We're going to get back on track. I'm not going to let that derail my thought process on what we actually have up the middle of the diamond. Yeah, it's almost, it's wild that Matt McClain made one error and it's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even believe that happened. Like that That's how incredibly steady he's felt all year. Right. Uh, did you like yeah, that, I, by the way? I know that we, we get an X's and O's. It wouldn't have mattered. Maybe it would have mattered. I don't know. 
Do you like when you're don't when it's one when it's a uh, uh, what was it one to nothing? It was it was nothing nothing. They bring the infield in on a nothing nothing game in the first inning. I don't know, man. That seems well, kind of wild. If McClay makes that play, it actually, it does. It, it works out. I, I would have worked, but he did uh, make I, the I play, and then you could argue that if he wasn't in, he would have made the play. So I get what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe that's a, a real. I think that's a slide on the offense, check of it? how they feel. Yeah, how they feel about the <laughs> offense right now. And, and again, the starting pitcher that you're facing, Ryu, has been dominant. He's a lefty, which has clearly been, you know, one of the Reds' uh, uh, struggles of late. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see both on that. I don't, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have a strong opinion either way. No, that's fair. On it, everyone's gonna make errors. I mean, listen, Matt McClain was never gonna not make an error in his major league career. We all know they're gonna make errors. The best players in the world defensively make errors. In fact, I would argue that the Blue Jays look like absolute little league team at times during this series. I, they've, they, they. You could argue that the, that the Blue Jays were worse defensively than the Reds were today. I mean, they were god awful. It just so happens that they scored ten runs, so everybody forgot about it. Um, well, it, Matt McClain today was only his third error of the season. Like Ellie has seven. Um, and, and McLean's been up longer. He's played shortstop more. So the fact that Matt McLean this deep into the season only has three errors is incredible. I, I, I would have thought he probably had closer to 10 at this point. Just yeah. that's how most rookies start their careers, you know? And even, even guys that are really good defenders, right. they often just in their first couple of years make some dumb plays. And, and there's just, you never see Matt McLean make dumb plays. No, he, he he really doesn't. Uh, the other thing too, Marte babied his first two throws in the big leagues, which was fine. I understand it's part of the process when you're when you're when you're uh, when you're in a new environment. He babied the first throw over uh, on the first very first ball of the game with the putout. I could tell by the just the way that he threw the ball. He he kind of wanted he guided it over there, and then he guided the ball to second base, and he and he obviously pulled the throw a little bit, but. But in general, it'll be exciting to see what Marte looks like. Congratulations to him on his first Major League hit. Um, should probably say that during this podcast. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action. Triple-A Louisville, they won 9-8 over Iowa. Bats now 63-55 and on the season. Nick Lodolo made his second rehab start. First one was with Chattanooga. This one with Louisville. Uh, started out pretty well, but didn't end super great. Two and a third innings pitch, three hits, two earned runs, walked three batters, and three strikeouts. Surely Nick Lodolo will make at least one more rehab start. Daniel Duarte had a rare rough outing. He gave up two runs in an inning and two thirds, did have two walks and two strikeouts. Tony Santion also had a rough outing. He allowed two earned runs in his inning of work. But Ricky Karcher, here's the positive news. He pitched a scoreless inning, no walks, two strikeouts, and our friend Ricky Carter has not allowed a run so far in August. He's only allowed two walks and has 10 strikeouts and six innings pitched. Nixon Zell was one for four with a walk. Kirk Casale on his rehab assignment, he was two for four. Jose Barrero did not start the game, didn't get in at bat, but he did come in and pinch run for Casale. And Jason Vossler, he was three for four with a home run. All right, the double A, the Chattanooga Lookouts, they won 6-1 over Birmingham. Uh, Blake Dunn was one for four and stole his 45th base of the season. Reese Hines was 0 for two and actually got ejected from this game. High A, the Dayton Dragons, they lost 6-1 to Fort Wayne. 
Dragons now 58-56 and 56 on the season. Edwin Arroyo was 0-2, for 2, did have an RBI. Sal Stewart, 1-3 for 3 with a walk and stole his 13th base of the year. Carlos Jorge had a really nice day. He was 2-4. for 4. And last but not least, the Daytona Tortugas. They won 3-0 over Tampa. Tortugas got win number 50. They're 50-61 and 61 on the season. And Cam Collier stayed hot. He was 1-2, for two, hit a home run, his 6th of the season, also walked twice. And don't look now, but Cam Collier is hitting 387 with an OPS over 1,000 in the month of August. Hector Rodriguez was also 2-for-4 and stole his 17th base of the year. Victor Acosta was 0-for-4. All right, Reds and Angels. Reds 64-61. and 61. Angels, the opposite, 61-64. and 64. Be the first time these two teams have met since back in 2019. Reds, they're just 1-7 all-time against the Angels in California. Reds' last win against the Angels in California came back on June 8th, 2002. Uh, the weather, as of recording this on late Sunday night, says that the rain should mostly be gone by Monday night and throughout the Reds' stay in California. Obviously, there's other concerns, so you know, like flooding and other things. So we'll see how it plays out. But as it stands right now, the pitching matchups for the series Monday night, 9.38 p.m., so be prepared to stay up late to watch your Reds. It'll be Ashcraft against Giolito. More on that matchup in a minute. Tuesday, also at 9.38, Andrew Abbott against Reed Detmers. And then Wednesday, this is a 4.07 game, so a very rare uh, start time for the Reds. It'll be Brett Kennedy going up against Shohei Otani. All right, some information on the Angels for you. Angels, they're just 5-13 and in the month of August after they went all in at the trade deadline. They decided not to trade Shohei Otani. In the final year of his contract, they acquired Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, Randall Grichik, and C.J. Krohn. Angels have also been super aggressive uh, with prospect promotions in their win-now mode. They promoted 2023 first-round draft pick uh, Nolan Schoonel after just 21 minor league games. But they've done all that, and they are eight and a half games out of a playoff spot. They've got a 0.5% chance of making the playoffs, according to Fangraphs. Angels are just 32-46 and 46 against teams above 500. But for the Angels, a positive, not so positive for the Reds. Mike Trout is likely to return to the Angels lineup in this series against the Reds. He's been out since July 3rd. This will also be the first time the Reds have faced Otani as a pitcher. The only other time the Reds faced Otani was in 2019. He was recovering from Tommy John surgery, and he was only be used, being used as a DH back then. Otani went 4-for-7 with a double in the four games, but there wasn't a DH in 2019. So Otani, the, they played two games in uh, California, two games in Cincinnati, so he didn't start the two games in Cincinnati, just came in as a pinch hitter in both games. And it's really the Shohei Otani uh, team for the Angels right now. Otani has a 968 OPS in August. The next best on the team is our old friend Mike Moustakis at 753. Next best is our other old friend Brandon Jury at 666. So uh, it's really Otani. That's the guy you have to watch. Obviously, other players are certainly capable, but everyone else is 
pretty much struggling right now. And the Reds and Angels could not be two more different offenses. Angels, they're third in baseball in home runs. A lot of that is Shohei Otani with 43 home runs. But they're 27th in stolen bases. In fact, they honestly don't even really try to steal many bases. The Reds, however, 17th in home run, but first in stolen bases. So a contrast of styles. And a positive note for the Reds. Reds are 26-12 and 12 on the road since May 26th. Reds have won nine of their last 12 road series. So maybe there's some magic to the Reds on the road this year. I know that 1999 team kind of had that magic. So hopefully the Reds can carry it on. All right, a little bit more about Monday's starting pitching matchup before we wrap this up. It'll be Lucas Giolito on the season. He's 7-9 with a 4.44 ERA but he's just 1-3 with an 8.14 ERA since he was acquired by the Angels. He's allowed seven, or sorry, he's allowed six home runs in his 21 innings pitched. Uh, only made one career start against the Reds, and that was all the way back in 2018. He gave up seven earned runs over five innings pitched, but a lot of it doesn't really matter since there's only two Reds that have actually faced Giolito. Votto's 0-2 at the walk, but Luke Maley is two for four. For the Reds, it'll be Graham Ashcraft. Ashcraft, of course, uh, only a 4.89 ERA in the season, but he's been much, much better than that of late. Over his last nine starts, he has a 2.17 ERA. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for Chatterbox Reds. If I could just ask one quick favor of you, please leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Myself and Trace Fowler, we will be live around midnight with Chatterbox Reds live post game on YouTube. That's on Chatterbox Sports. Make sure you're subscribed there. Hit the bell in the top right corner. Turn on notifications so you're always notified whenever we go live. If you, We'd love for you to stay up and join us. Um, you can always watch that uh, later anytime on YouTube. We will, of course, have a podcast ready for you bright and early each day this week, which hopefully will help you stay in the loop on all things Cincinnati Reds, if you're someone who can't stay up for these late night games. All right, 37 games left to play for our Reds. It's been an incredible ride so far. I'm excited to see how it will play out here to the finish. Have a great Monday and have a better week. Go Reds.